Happy Father's Day, everyone, and welcome to your seat at the table. Wishing all of uh, fathers, fathers-to-be, uh, spiritual fathers, grandfathers, you know, happy Father's Day. What a great day to uh, celebrate dads, and we also are so grateful for all the dads that are part of our uh, church. I just bring you greetings today. I hope you're enjoying your day, and as we enter into the Word of God, we are so thankful for uh, worship, the presence of God, everything um, that God is doing. And I hope all of you are staying safe uh, and uh, being with your families. God bless you. Um, let's go into the Word of God. You know, and I'd like for us to look at the chapter uh, 15 of Luke. Luke chapter 15 and verse 11 through 24. But we're not going to read the whole uh, chapter or the whole uh, Luke 15, 11 through 24. We're just going to read, and I want you to look at uh, verse 19 to about 24. And many of you know this story. Uh, it is the story of the prodigal son. This is a, a very uh, important set of parables that the Lord Jesus himself had spoken. He spoke about the, the one lost sheep. Then he spoke about the woman that lost a coin. Then he went on and shares this story about a man that had two sons. The Bible says that there was a man that had two sons, and the younger had asked his father. You can tell that his father was wealthy. He said, you know, Dad, I want all my stuff. I want all of my inheritance. I want everything that's going to be mine. And his father never argued with him. He gave him his portion. And the Bible says that in verse 13 that he went and he gathered all his stuff and he went into a different country, a different place, and he journeyed and he wasted all of his possessions. And the Bible says in prodigal living, you know, living, you know, as we would say, the vita loca, you know, the crazy life, doing all the things that young men would do uh, that have some means and some money. Uh, and then he finds himself... Um, uh, working and living and eating from the same food that the pigs were eating. Now you have to understand that is a very, very humiliating thing because as a Jewish uh, person, they were not allowed to even be around pigs, let alone uh, um, touch them or even eat of their food. He's gotten that low in his life that now he is with the swine. The Bible says that he was uh, uh, in the fields to feed the swine and he would fill his stomach with what the swine or the pigs would eat. You know, and, and so we pick it up in verse 18 of Luke chapter 15. I want you to read with me. And this is him talking. He's coming to his senses. He says, I will rise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. And verse 19, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. In verse 21, and the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here 
and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry or happy. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, for your word is life. It is everlasting. Lord, we ask that you would speak to our hearts today. God, that we can receive your word and bear fruit. God, uh, touch our ears that we may hear and really understand your word and a mind that we can comprehend it uh, and meditate upon it. Lord, bless this time in the name of Jesus. I want to speak to you today, and since it's Father's Day, I normally don't really speak about themes on holidays, but since we're celebrating Father's Day, I want to speak to you on the heart of the Father, the heart of the Father. You know, we're living in a time that um, fatherhood is so needed. You know, I, I want you to know that, you know, on, I, I looked up some statistics, and it's not often that I speak about statistics, but on fathers.com, did you know that there's more than 20 million children live in a home without the physical presence of a father? 20 million homes with children have no father in the house. Millions more have dads who are physically present but emotionally absent. If it were classified as a disease, fatherless, fatherlessness would be an epidemic worthy of attention as a national emergency. You know, in fatherhood.org, it says this, according to 72.2% of the U.S. population, fatherlessness is the most significant family or social problem facing America today. Did you know that one in four children live in homes without a father? Children with fathers do better in school. You know, they have less emotional problems. 260% less likely to deal drugs or carry guns. Think about that right now. When, they, when children have fathers in their life, they will do better in school. They have less emotional distress and suicidal tendencies. They are 260% less likely to deal drugs or carry guns and act out in violence. You know, in 2011, statistics tells us that children living in a female-headed home with no spouse present had a poverty rate of 47.6%. Think about that. In 2011, statistics tells us that children living in female-led homes with no spouse present had a poverty rate of 47.6%. This is over four times the rate for children living in married couple families. You know, I want to talk to you, the heart of the father. Here we see the story of the prodigal son, and I just gave you some statistics that today we, we need people, we need men to step up and be fathers. We need men to, to stand up and be righteousness. And you know what, maybe you're, right now you're saying, you know, pastor, I grew up without a father. You know, I grew up without a father. I had no father in my home uh, since I was three years old because my dad had died. Uh, and so there were some challenges that I faced. But I, I want to tell you today that if, if you're a man, if you, uh, it doesn't matter what area of life you are. It, it doesn't matter what walk of life you are. You can be a man and a father to some child. You know, uh, I remember being a youth leader in my church, and I was in my late teens. I was in high school, and I was leading youth, and I was able to drive, and I would go and pick up these kids 
uh, that were living in single mom homes. I would take them on Friday night. We would set up a volleyball net uh, out in the parking lot. I would go and uh, out of my own money, I was working at the time, I would go and buy a tray uh, uh, or a, uh, a case of Coca-Cola. I would bring uh, uh, some hot dogs and we had a grill at the church I was attending, set up the volleyball net and I would go and pick up kids and say, man, you know what? Come on Friday night. Let's play volleyball. Let's have a hot dog. Let's have a Coke. And I did this when I was 17, 16, 17, 18, 19 years old. And uh, I was going to school and I was working part-time and I would go on Friday night and that was where you found me on Friday night. You know, it doesn't matter how old you are. All it matters is if you're a, a, a male that you would be in a presence. And, and I know this is Father's Day and maybe some of the ladies say, well, he's talking about fathers. I'm just a mom. No, you're not just a mom. What I want to relay is this, is that your presence in someone else's life, especially children's life, is so important. But because today's Father's Day, there is a presence that men bring into an environment. You know, uh, I can look back at my life and I've had men in my life that were not of my blood. I remember growing up in, in, in uh, Wisconsin and my best friend's dad uh, his name was Patrick. He would took, took me in and he would tell people today, even today, he would tell me he has three kids and one of them is Vietnamese. You know, I still call him dad today. His, his influence in my life was so necessary. And when we look at the story of the prodigal son, maybe uh, we see it. And one of the things that we want to look at is here's the son that took everything he had that was given to him by the father, the blessing, the, the, his inheritance, and he did away with it, or he, he went off and lived the vita loca, the crazy life. He, he wanted to do everything he wanted to do. He lived in his flesh. He lived with uh, 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 his own wants and his own desires. And he was at the bottom of the barrel. He was down there. He was living with the pigs. He probably smelled like pigs. And he was there. And what he came to his mind, he says, you know what? The servants in my father's house lives better than I do. At least if I go back to my father's house, I'll have bread to eat instead of pig slop to eat. And the Bible says that the son went back and he said, I'm going to talk to my dad. And when his dad, the Bible says, and I love this, and I want you to follow with me in uh, verse 20. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell upon his neck and kissed him. You know, today I, I want to talk to you. Maybe you're feeling lonely right now. And you're saying, you know, Pastor, I hear you. I didn't have a father. How am I going to be a father? But you know what? The greatest father we have is God. Maybe right now you're a single mom and you're like trying to raise your kids and you're like, man, I know the challenges. I grew up, my mother was single and she had nine kids. You know, my dad died and I know it can be tough. I grew up with, with sisters, five sisters, you know, uh, and, and I understand. 
And maybe you're right there and you're saying, you know, I messed up and, and I try to do it on my own. And, and now, you know, what do I do? And I don't have a, a man in my life. If you're a single lady, you know, or uh, you can, might be a male and you're saying, I grew up without a father. How can I be a good father to my, my kids? And I want to tell you, look at the heart of the father. When this son came back, he knew he did wrong, but the father never told him, you're no good. He just came to him and he saw his son from afar off and he ran and opened opened his arms and grabbed him and kissed his son. I don't know where you are today, but the father I serve, the father that created you in his image, he wants to come and hold you. He's not standing far off, acting like a, a big king and that you can't approach. He said when he sees you coming, he's already running towards you. Do you know that sometimes we feel, we, we feel unworthy? That's what this son said. I, I don't even feel worthy. But as he was coming towards his father, the Bible says that he ran towards him. The father ran with his arms open and kissed him. You know what? Right now, your life might be uh, down. You might feel depressed. You might have all these things that you feel that you're not worthy of God. But God says if you just make one step towards him, he's going to run towards you. And he's going to wrap you around. He's not going to uh, uh, remind you of your past. He's not going to remind you like oh why did you do this or why did you do that he just said put on the best robe and a ring and the sandals you know what that means that means he's going to dress you in his righteousness you know that the, the bible says that he would give us the garment of praise the garment of praise when 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 the uh, the uh, the father put the robe on his son it represents that i'm going to put my righteousness on you Brothers and sisters, oftentimes we, feel, we think that we, are, we have to go and be righteous before the Lord. But the Bible says that our righteousness is like filthy rags before the Lord. And so when even in our filthiness, just like this son, even in his filthiness of smelling like pigs, living at the bottom of the barrel, the father came and said, let me give you the best robe. What is the best robe? That robe represents the righteousness of God. You know that the righteousness of God is robed upon our life. I don't know about you, but there's days where I, I feel so unworthy of God. But he still wraps his righteousness around me. And maybe that's you right now. I mean, you're saying, you know, I don't have a father. My father left us or or I grew up because my dad died or or my father uh, you know just walked out or my father was incarcerated or whatever reason but I want to tell you that the heart of the father which is God himself if you would invite him if you would make a step towards him today he'd wrap his arms and put a robe of righteousness on you and the Bible says that he gave him a ring you know that represents ring it represents authority you know kings used to wear rings you know, some of you know that some of the bishops around our churches, they, they, they have a, what they call a bishop's ring. It represents authority. And so when he put him on that ring, it represents he's, he's got authority from the Father. You see, that's one thing I love about God is no matter how far we have fallen, no matter how far we have gotten ourselves dirty and we stunk our life up, and we messed it up. We could be laying in a pig pen, but the minute we go towards him, he's not waiting, standing there. He is running towards us, okay, and grabbing us and putting us uh, on a robe of righteousness, of mercy and grace. He puts a ring. He said, you know what? You're my son, and everybody's going to know you're my son, and that I'm going to give you a ring of authority. 
And not only that, he, he puts on sandals for his son. You know, that, you know what that represents? That you were always going to walk in peace. The peace. Put on the peace. That means that everywhere we step, God is going to be there with us. And see, that's the heart of the Father. And if you're a father right now with children, don't be harsh to them. Just love them. And if they mess up, and I'm learning to be a father. I didn't have great, I had examples of other men, and I'm trying to be a good father. You know what the Bible says uh, in Ephesians 6 and 4? It says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. You know, if you're a father today, there's responsibility that one, for us to treat our kids that they don't get angry. That's the first thing. He says, don't provoke them to anger by the way we treat them. Hey, I, hey I, I, I'm a man. I, I've had to apologize to my kids. Sometimes I get grumpy. You know, when I'm tired, I get snappy. You know, and I'm like, what are y'all doing? But then I got to go back and, and tell them I'm sorry. You know, sometimes the easiest three words we could say to kids besides I love you is I am sorry. You know, and, and as a man, you're like, oh, I'm a macho man. You know, I'm, a, I'm the father. I'm not going to apologize to a little kid. No. Besides the three words of I love you, learn to say I'm sorry. Learn to humble yourself because then the kids will see that you love God and that you know that you make mistakes. The third thing, or the first thing is to treat them and not cause them to be angry. The other thing is to bring them up with discipline and instruction. You know what? You cannot ask them to do things that you're not willing to do. The hardest thing, you know, a lot of people say, you know, pastor, you teach, but you know what the hardest thing is? To be self-disciplined. You know what? To get up every day and go to work. Get up every day and read your word. Get up every day and glorify God. Get up every day and praise him. Get up every day and, and while you see people being blessed in unrighteousness, you and I as men have to say, you know what? They're going that way, but I can't. I can't do the things they do. And you know, Mike, we have to be disciplined in our own life so that when our kids see us, they can be disciplined. You know, it's often said like this, kids will do more, or kids will do what you do more than what you say. You know, kids will do more because of what you do more than what you say. Because the adage is, don't do what I do, do what I say, that doesn't work. Because kids see that when we live one life in church, and when we go home, we're different at home. That causes rebellion. Did you know that? Rebellion starts is because the person leading children, the father, the mother, that they live one way at church, but at home, they live another way. It causes rebellion. Brothers and sisters, I, I want to tell you, besides treating your kids so that they don't get angry, loving them, Learning to say, I love you. Learning to say, I'm sorry when you're wrong. You also have to have discipline. 
And the Bible says, and you bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. How can you and I instruct them in the Lord when we don't know his word? When we don't know what he commands, when he doesn't, when we don't read his word, when we don't read the B-I-B-L-E, this is the book for me. When we don't open the word and study, and you know what, as a father, as father, as men, we have to be disciplined. We have to get into the word of God. And I'm not telling you to be perfect. God forbid none of us are perfect. I'm far from being perfect. But I want to encourage you, brothers, you know what, be disciplined and learn God's word. Learn it, read it. Even if you start out with one scripture a day, at least say, you know, Lord, today I'm going to discipline myself. I'm going to read at least one scripture today, one scripture, you know, and then you can start one scripture in the morning before you get off to work, one scripture at noon at lunch break, one scripture before dinner, and one scripture before you go to bed. And by that time, you got four scriptures. Imagine four scriptures every day. Multiply that by seven. How much of word, God's word do you have? Even if you started out with one, in seven days, you've got seven scriptures. And imagine you do that over and over and over. Then you begin to have the wisdom. How else are you and I going to instruct our kids in wisdom and in righteousness when we don't know God's word? See, there's a great responsibility because fathers are needed in children's life. Mothers are important. But there's an aspect, there's an anointing, there's a grace, there's a presence when it comes to fathers. You know, as this son comes to his father in Luke 15, he kept saying that I'm unworthy. He kept saying, I'm just going to be another servant. But the father wouldn't have it. And we see in John 15, 15, in John 15, 15, it says this. This is Jesus. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. See, oftentimes when we, we think that we're unworthy of God's relationship, but God's sitting there saying, I want to be your friend. I want to be your father. And when the father ran to his son, he held him and laid his head on his neck and kissed him. You know, he says, son, I don't care about what you did. What I care about is your relationship with me. I love you. I don't care if you smell bad. I don't care if you spent all your money. I don't care if you lived in the bottom of the barrel. I don't care what you did. I just want you in my life. And he hugged him and kissed him and fell upon his neck because God the Father wanted to be in relationship with his son. Brothers, right now I'm talking to you. God wants you to have a deeper relationship with you. And maybe you're saying, man, I'm having a hard time raising my kids. Well, then it's time that you get instruction from the Lord. Instruction from the Lord out of Ephesians 6 and 4. You've got to get instruction from the Lord. And maybe you're, maybe you're living right now, you're a lady or, or a single father, single mother, and you're like, how do I, I don't have another spouse. You're reading all these statistics, I don't have another spouse. What should I do? You know what you should do? You should invite the father right now into your home. God the Father will be the greatest presence in your home. Think about it for a minute. Who can be a better father than God? Who can train your children up better than God? Fall in love with him. Ladies, gentlemen, men, 
women fall in love with God. And you'll see the heart of the Father is yearning to be in relationship with you. Yearning to say, you know what? I want to be in relationship and, and I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you instruction. I'm going to give you wisdom. I'm going to give you love. I'm going to give you uh, uh, joy. I'm going to give you peace. And most of all, I will, I will make the crooked ways straight. There is nothing that is impossible with God. So right now as I close, I'm looking at you and, and I know you're listening to me. And you're saying, you know what, Pastor, I messed up. And I, you know what, my kids are getting older. They're in their teens or whatever. I know it's never too late to invite the Father into your life. And the heart of the Father, which is God our Father, which is he is waiting for you to invite him so that his heart can be in your home and his love can cover a multitude of sin. So if you're looking at me and you're listening right now, I want to pray for you. You ready? And you said, you know, just, just where you are right now, lift up your hands. You could close your eyes and just listen to me and just repeat after me, Father, Father, I need your help. I've tried to do it my way, but Lord, I want you to be in the presence of my life and my home and my children and my children to come. Lord Jesus, be the father of my life. I need the heart of the father. I need your heart to touch me and touch my family. I can't do this alone. And maybe right now as a man, I, I can't do it all on my own, but you can do it. Help me, Lord. Help me to have a relationship with you so that my children can see your goodness and your glory and those around me. If you prayed that prayer and you need more prayer, we're here to pray with you. And all you have to say is in Jesus' name, amen. 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 We love you. Get in contact with us. We're, you can find us on the website at asatt.city, C-I-T-Y. Connect with us at our website, asatt.city, C-I-T-Y. Contact with us. We'll pray for you. Give us a call. We love to pray with you. If you need anything, we love you and praying for you, even though we can't see you, but I know God sees you. Ask the heart of the Father in heaven to come into your home, and he'll change your life. God bless you. We love you. God loves you, and happy Father's Day.